Hi, I'm Lori Denning, and this is my podcast, The 20 Minute Scriptorian, where I explore LDS scripture and doctrine for the Come Follow Me curriculum for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints. Like most of you, I'm a typical Latter day Saint, and I've held a variety of callings from gospel doctrine teacher to institute. I've always loved learning and sharing the scriptures of Christ. Recently, I went back to school, and I'm currently a theology student, where I get to learn context, history, ancient languages, and more importantly, how to learn. I thought you might want to share in what I was learning, and the 20-minute scriptorian was born. While I am a believer, these thoughts are my own, and they are not an official representation of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Thanks for listening, and join me on the journey as we explore the scriptures and the path of the disciple of Christ. Welcome back, Scriptorians. This is Lori, and we are headed into the continuation of Mosiah 25 through 28. So last week, I talked a little bit about uh, going back to school and headed back to Gonzaga, and I just want to continue to tell you a little bit about that story today, as well as jump into this, and they will oddly, I think, have something to do with each other. So as I was mentioning last time, I met these really fascinating people. Most of them are returning students, quite a bit older and extremely accomplished. I, you guys, I couldn't believe how put together these people were. We have uh, some international students as well, but uh, all from all over the United States and Canada, and they have advanced degrees and medical degrees and more advanced degrees and... Uh, far into their careers and, you know, multiple businesses and business owners and CEOs of not-for-profits. And uh, one guy works with people with addictions and another works in the jails and another works at the hospital, you know, for fun to help people. And uh, one woman has 10 children and is going back to school as well. So they're just these really fascinating, accomplished people. And I found something really interesting is that in an everybody's introductions, and we will go through this whole uh, year and a half together, so these are all the same people we're going to know, they have all been exceedingly devout. And when I mean devout, they're very humble and all testify of Christ. And so it's been very interesting to find, to be honest, in a Western culture, have so many people testify of Christ um, right off the bat. Now I realize this is a theology program and so you would think that's what we have in common and yet it's something that we tend to hold a little bit closer. Uh, it, we don't share quite as much or it's just a part of us but we don't just jump around. Now lots of different faith traditions uh, however every single person has been very humble and very devout and very testifying of Christ. Something has changed them and I think that's what we're going to find in the story today. So I will, uh, I'll continue to tell you about them, but I'll try to keep it private that they don't know you. So that would be a little bit rude to tell you all their stories, but they are, they are absolutely fascinating with what has changed these people, what has made them so amazing in their lives. And I think it is that difference, but let's see what, let's see what's going on in the book of Mormon right now, because there's some really interesting things happening. So turn with me to Mosiah 26 and we'll be in 26 and 27 today. But as we talked about last time, there were these differences, these changes, and we have gone through all these groups and this back and forth, and yet there's something, I think, really fascinating going on here. So if we go back and just kind of think, this 
book, this Book of Mormon, has been written for whom? Who is it written for? It's written for us and our day. And Mormon, as the editor, as the compiler of this, has, has selected stories that is going to be the most useful for us in our day. And you definitely start to see these themes over and over. A couple of them that I continually see, and we're going to see again today, and see if, see if you don't see these. The message of the gospel is something personal. It's not something corporate. It isn't something, I know we talked about community and church last week, but it ultimately comes down to the individual. What do we choose? What do we change in ourselves? And so it's something very personal. So he's going to constantly be drawing in these stories that are very personal. Now, it's a little bit different than you see in some of the Old Testament stories, for example. They're very corporate. It's about the people, right? You'll talk about the, the reign of the kings, and then you'll talk about uh, the story of the Israelites. But tucked in each one of those stories, you'll hear the story of David or the story of Abraham or the story of Deborah or Ruth. You'll find individual stories of people, and that's where the change happens. And so Mormon does the same thing. We're going to talk about Lehi, Nephi. Today we're still talking about Alma the Elder. And so you're going to have these personal stories. Also, one of these running themes, and I know we talked about it, if you get your colored pens out, and I always use red for this theme, but um, it, I do mine electronically, but I use red. It's the atoning Messiah. There's something different about just teaching about either a Messiah that would come or no Messiah in the case of what we're going to see today, and difference with the atoning Messiah. A key difference in the belief is the atoning Messiah and this atoning Messiah and what this role plays. Now, the, th where we see these themes are in these two groups. So there might be lots of groups, but constantly, constantly, constantly in the Book of Mormon, you're going to see these themes of two groups, which are going to ultimately be the destruction of the other. Um, so there's some kind of separation. There's some kind of um, group A versus group B, right? So you're going to see it with Nephi and his brothers. You're going to see it then with the Nephites and the Lamanites. You're going to see it with Jacob and Sherem, right? Remember that story. Or Benjamin. And he is separating his people. They make a covenant. They separate themselves. Noah, evil King Noah, and Abinadi. Then Alma, the elder, and Noah. And then Alma, the younger, whom, you know, spoiler alert, you haven't met yet. We're meeting right now. And Nehor, you're going to see those choices. But over and over and over again, you're going to see these two groups. So I want you to think about if this story is written for us, and it's about the difference that the atoning Messiah places in our lives and what separates the two groups, how is that visible in your own life? Is the gospel personal for you? And what is that, what makes the difference between the two groups? Is it the atoning Messiah? Is it the community? Is it, I don't know, that's where I grew up? Or I used to feel it, but now I'm like, oh, I don't know, right? Or is it maybe with your kids or your family where they're going a different direction? See if you can't see, is there any time when you are in a different group? Maybe you've been on both sides of these groups, right? Maybe one time you were a little bit falling away. Maybe you're back. Maybe, we, right? We, we're all there. We're all seeing both of these. So I think these are really important points. Now, there's something that's interesting that's going to happen is there's always a choice. If there's a falling away and there's a difference, there's a choice. Think back to some of the examples we just mentioned, and then we're going to read some scriptures here in a second, but think back to the story of, like, Nephi and his brothers. It doesn't, when Lehi first, like, pulls his family out of Jerusalem, 
and he has the dream. Remember, they're all like, oh, oh, that's awesome. They're kind of <laughs> the sons and the uh, assuming daughters as well. But they were like, I don't know about this. Right. And uh, Nephi has a different reaction. He decides to find out for himself if it's true. And then he has his own testimony given uh, by the Holy Spirit. And then he comes and tells his dad, I know it's true. He asked. He had faith. He wanted to know the Lord. So he didn't just take it on like, oh, yeah. But he, he had to do the work. Then you see that difference, right? You see the same thing with the Alma story we just read. Alma heard what Abinadi was saying and then repents, right? He says something. I, I'm willing to change. So much so that he gives up his old life and risks his life, to, uh, which he didn't know at the time, but just start the church, right? He starts the church of Christ. Benjamin um, makes an impact on the people and on and on and on. So there, there's this something that happens when they personally ask. So let's read this first paragraph in uh, Mosiah 26, and let's see what is happening and see if you can't see this story. All right. The first paragraph, by the way, starts with the word now, and then it goes down to the end of uh, verse 4. So start of verse 5 starts again, and now. So you, just a note, when you're reading... When the scriptures have been written into verses and chapters, that's arbitrary, right? Um, we did those later to make it easier to refer to. So if you ever get stuck and you're like, that doesn't flow very well, try reading a version that's written in paragraphs. Uh, there's a great, I've mentioned it before, but it's a great reader's edition uh, by Grant Hardy. Um, or you can just watch for those things uh, now and now. So it's a little paragraph. So at the very beginning of the paragraph, we're going to learn kind of the theme. This is what the story is about. And then as you go through the, the, the next few uh, bits of the story, it's going to just add layers and deepen what's happening in this paragraph. So this is the introduction, and then you're going to get layer, layer, layer. Okay, so let's read the introduction and see if you can see it. Now, it came to pass that there were many of the rising generation that could not understand the words of King Benjamin being little children at the time he spake unto his people, and they did not believe the tradition of their fathers. They did not believe what had been said concerning the resurrection of the dead, neither did they believe concerning the coming of Christ. And now because of their unbelief, they could not understand the word of God, and their hearts were hardened. And they would not be baptized, neither would they join the church, and they were a separate people as to their faith, and they remained so ever after even in their carnal and sinful state, for they would not call upon the Lord their God. All right, this is, you go, wait, what? It was going so well. The people finally got back together. The Limhites returned. Alma's group returned. Mosiah's there. We're finally all back together. Whew, this is going to be good news. And then immediately return the page, and this next generation is like, nah, we don't believe that. We don't believe specifically in the resurrection of the dead or the, the atoning Messiah, the coming of Christ. And because they had no faith, they didn't believe it, they didn't understand it. And so they wouldn't be baptized. They wouldn't join the church. They were like, no, thank you. No, thank you. Does that sound familiar in our day and age? Does that sound familiar in your family, in your life? Sadly, probably, right? I don't think there are any families or any of us that aren't saying, yep, that was either me or I have that in my very family, or yeah, I live in the world, Lori, this is what happens every day. There are people just like, yeah, it really affected you, but it didn't affect them. 
And there's some keys here, right? There's some keys of what was happening. So when we read this, I think, oh, wow, this is really written for our day. What we started with Mormon is discussing how this is for us and what we need to know. And then he describes a really fascinating event. Okay. So, um, that's the, uh, man, just, if I have never mentioned it, Mormon is maybe my very favorite character in the book of Mormon because he is this warrior poet. You know, you're going to find out about him later being this great general and warrior. And yet he's the guy writing all this down and, and putting it together. He's just, I just, wow, what a, great guy so i he is my absolute hero but just even the way they set up these paragraphs are just beautiful so master poet at action um so the and now now it came to pass and now and then you're going to delve in now what's different you read on and you're going to hear some things now if you go back and read about um sharam and jacob you're going to read about it with noah you're going to read about it now you're going to read about it with nehor you're going to read about it later and over and over and you say what is the what's different well there are different beliefs and one of the primary different beliefs is the atoning messiah they do not believe in the atoning messiah more of a universal uh salvation everyone will be saved right um everyone will be saved you don't have to repent uh there's nothing or there's just nothing afterwards but so but it's there's no atoning messiah nobody has to do anything no one has to do anything and um uh they you'll see evidences of these with a few interesting things so when you see these signs you'll be like oh here's this sign again you're going to see class distinction so you're going to see power and class distinctions it could be between the women and the men like we saw with jacob it could be uh here where there are class distinctions uh it could be class and evidences of social distinction like wealth and clothing so you'll see that as well you'll see power and authority kings and and serfs and things like that now um we won't talk about governments although i'm tempted to right now we'll come back to that maybe another day but you'll see these class power social distinctions as evidenced by um not an equality of people and differences in wealth and distinction like clothing right they're like they dressed very they could tell okay yeah, that doesn't sound like us at all, does it? That sounds super like us today to me. I was like, oh, no, oh, no, that sounds like that sounds like me. So I was like, oh, yeah, so you're going to see these differences. But you're going to see the differences in the belief. They don't believe in the atoning Messiah. They don't believe in repentance. And they believe that there's nothing you have to do. It's just universal salvation. Okay. So what's the story telling us? First, this is our story. And I, is it telling us that our children won't fall away? Because you've heard that. Oh, it's the rising generation. They're awesome. Um, and you've probably heard that when you were the rising generation. I know I did. No, that's not necessarily, I don't think, what it's saying. I don't think it's trying to tell us some um, pattern that's just exactly. But I think we'll see general patterns for sure. Um, I also see that I think it's saying our lives are a story of choice. We will be smaller in number in the society in which we live. So what's the choice before us and what's the choice before our, our children? Well, it's individual. This is going to be an individual choice. The choice to follow the Lord is individual. And there's no time um, when we're not going to be, we're not really going to be in the larger society. We'll always be a subset of the society. Yeah, some of you might live in Provo and say that's not true. But still, in the Western or American culture or anywhere else in the world, we are not the majority culture. We're always going to be a subset 
and in within ourselves are we nephi are we alma the elder we're being asked just like benjamin to make the covenant to follow the atoning messiah to repent to change to follow me and so that's those are the themes that we've just set up with this master poet of what's going on and so let's read um keep going on to the story and see what else is going to happen so there's this group in open rebellion uh the the story goes on that uh, king mosiah doesn't know what to do they they're not hiding their sins they're just out in the open about it and so mosiah says i don't know what to do with this i've never seen anything like this before and remember they used to separate when this happened so if the nephites and the lamanites they didn't believe the same thing they separated but now it's just within the society the society is itself is becoming blended this is going to be trouble in the future but Mosiah doesn't know what to do with it. Remember, there's no separation of church and state. That's kind of a new thing that we're trying to do. But in every, we don't even do it that well. And is it possible? Probably not. But in every other time in history, they're the same thing, right? Your community is defined by your morals and values. So whether you uphold them with laws or churches, it's, that's how you create your laws. Um, and so these were the same people now. And now they have a group that is not part of the church. And they have a group that's part of the church. So Mosiah's shrugs your shoulders i have no idea what to do with this and so he gives it to alma so now it's for alma to decide so what should alma do um i just love the passion that you feel with alma he's worried he's confused his heartfelt love for his people and we're going to learn later his own son and so he says i don't know what to do so he goes to the lord and he prays so let's jump down to verse 20 i'm going to skip through the same chapter 26 and read what the lord's response was when he says what do I do with this group that's an open um, rebellion against the church and and persecuting us and what am I supposed to do with them and the Lord says uh, and I covenant with thee that thou shalt have eternal life and thou shalt serve me and go forth in my name and thou shalt gather together my sheep so this is Alma. First Alma, you're forgiven. You see that every almost every time the Lord speaks to him, he forgives them first, and he covenants with him and says that you're going to go forth and you will gather my sheep. Beautiful image. Then he continues. The Lord is still speaking here. And he that will hear my voice shall be my sheep. And him shall you receive into the church, and him will I also receive. For behold, this is my church. Whosoever is baptized shall be baptized unto repentance, and whomsoever ye shall receive shall believe in my name, and him will I freely forgive. For it is I that taketh upon me the sins of the world, for it is I that hath created them, and it is I that granteth unto him that believeth unto the end and place at my right hand. For behold, in my name are they called, and if they know me, they shall come forth and shall have a place eternally at my right hand. And it shall come to pass that when the second trump shall sound, then shall they that never knew me shall come forth and stand before me. And then shall they know that I am the Lord their God and I am their Redeemer. Wow. Powerful. Um, interesting, interesting when you read that out loud, isn't it? For it is I, for it is I. And they shall know that it is I. Right? The Lord is speaking and giving us this direction. What powerful direction. Uh, how many times does the Lord speak directly in Scripture? Not as many times as sometimes you would think. And so here's this great paragraph, and there's a little bit more, so you should keep reading it. But first, we learn a few things. One, that the sheep will hear his voice, 
and the second that they will follow him. And it's an, it's an interesting thing. We, we're used to the sheep analogy, but this is one of the first times you see it in the Book of Mormon. Um, and then also it continues on that you will be received into that community. Last week we talked about that, the community in the church, but now he's saying, yes, that is my church. So what do we do? What do we do? First, we have to be baptized. And what kind of baptism is it? Is it just a ritual washing? Is it um, to be part of the community? Is it initiation into the community? And he, he's very specific here. He says, and to repentance. And to repentance. So we have to change. It isn't just you're in. It's we are doing this to change who we are. It's a new life, a new birth. We have to change. And then faith and forgiveness. We will believe and then, I love it, and I will freely forgive. Right? This is just, yeah, come on in. So how does this happen? So how, okay, so then the Lord's going to be very clear. Again, here's our theme. How does this all happen, this repentance and baptism and, and all this? And he goes, because I'm the atoning Messiah. I'm going to take upon me the sins of the world. This is why I created them. This is the purpose of life, and they're part of my family. They're going to be in my name, and they will be redeemed. So powerful stuff, and then you just flip over the page and go to the next chapter, and you're going to see this exact theme play out. So you're going to see an individual story. So you go from kind of bigger group to the church to a smaller group, Alma, to the smallest group, an individual. So you're just going to keep layering these on with the individual story. This isn't the story of the Nephites. This is the story of Alma. This is the story of Alma the Younger as well. This isn't a story of a group. This is the story of you and me. This is the story of you and me. This is our story. So do you remember what I started with? And I told you about these extremely devout people that I was meeting at Gonzaga. And I know how I mentioned they're super accomplished in life and schools and families. And they're just not afraid to say, I'm a disciple. And I'm learning to follow him. And they'll say, almost to a person, they've said, I'm here to continue to follow. And here's the proof. They want to help. They want to teach. They want to work at the jail. They want to help the people with addictions. They want to work with the youth programs. They want to be at chaplaincy at a hospital. They don't want to just rest on their laurels of worldly accomplishments. They want to be his hands. They want to change. And it was so touching to me as I read this story that I said, here are these people who have made that change in their life, and then it's become individual for them, just like Alma the Elder, just like Messiah, just like you and me. So ask yourself this week, is this my story? Do I know? Do I have that burning testimony of the atoning Messiah? Well, brothers and sisters, that's the question. And I want to tell you for me, I know. That's what I know. All right. Um, we will continue on with the story of Alma the Younger, uh, which is, his story is told twice, so we're going to hear this story a couple of times. So keep on reading, and we'll hit you on the backside with Alma the Younger. <laughs>